Welcome back to the Nest College Football Podcast. My name is Chris, and we got... Tony! This is episode 20 in 2020, the first episode. We planned that, right, Tony? Yeah, I was thinking about it as soon as the clock struck midnight. That's all you thought about. First thoughts of the new decade is, dang, our first episode in 2020 will be episode 20. Episode 20, 2020. It was too perfect. It seems to be. Well, we got a good show for you today. We got the national landscape, then some temple talk, and some SEMO talk, which will be FCS talk. But first, let's hit it with the theme song. But first, before we hit the national landscape, we need you to follow us on Twitter at the nest c as in college f b the nest c f b c is in college f is in foot b as in ball go follow us on twitter we only got nine followers let's try and hit the double digits let's get to 10 so if you don't follow us go follow us on twitter but let's hit with the national landscape first up we are going to hit tomorrow a lot of guys are deciding those juniors Seniors are obviously usually leaving unless they have a year of eligibility left, but those juniors are deciding, do we enter the draft or do we stay? And the biggest name is tomorrow. He said it on his social media. He said, I will make my announcement Monday, January 6th. Tua took a Viola. The future of your your franchise, right? Isn't that what you've been saying for the last four months? Uh, potentially. I mean, with the uh, injury and then to Joe Burrow, um, as he jumped up, Tua kind of slid down, and because the injury, Miami, if they want him, he they can get him. They had the fifth pick, so he has to slide down four spots. But um, uh, if he declares, I think I think he goes to the Miami in the fifth spot. He goes to Miami at number five. At number five, so I don't think he slides down. I mean, I don't know what information he's getting. I think Miami values him, but at the same time. All that health information has to come out. He has to clear out his test. His uh, combine has to look good. There's a lot that goes into that draft pick. But, uh, I don't think he's going to do much at the combine. That's the thing. He you has know? to show health, though. He has to show that he's healthy. Will he be able to do anything at the combine? I, that's Maybe that's something that affects his stock. Maybe that's something that goes into his decision tomorrow. Um, I, he's got to show in some capacity, maybe not the combine, maybe a pro day. Yeah, maybe pro day later on, I think. On his terms? Yeah, uh, do what he, he wants. Show, yeah. He has to show his health in some capacity. Or progress, at the least. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. He's a first-rounder in my mind. It's just a matter of um, of how far does he drop on, on, on people's predictions and how far does he... Uh, one to drop now we can look at the QB class and say next year what is his competition um, which he was the number one guy this year until he got hurt and then Burrow kind of came out of nowhere but um, we'll see I, I, I can see him staying I can see him going that's how 50-50 it is yeah I find it interesting I if you look in the the, the tendencies right now with Alabama players and what they're deciding, there are guys like Najee Harris, who I believe is a junior. He decided to stay. 
did not declare for the draft, and he was a predicted first-rounder. There was at least two other guys that were predicted first-rounders from Alabama, and they opted to stay. Now, with the last four, three to four days, I'd say four days, I think it was, we've seen that trend with some of these guys at Alabama. And to me, that means we're trending towards Tua staying for his, for another year at Alabama. I don't think he leaves for the draft yet. Would it? I don't blame him because of the unfinished business. They all said unfinished business, unfinished business, that they're staying. So I wouldn't be surprised. Would it be the smartest move financially? Not at all because you're walking away from guaranteed millions of dollars. Um. And I find that I find it interesting. And also, um, if he were to stay, I think you then see Mac Jones enter the transfer portal, and then I even think you see his brother potentially enter the transfer portal. I saw a rumor online: if his brother were to enter the transfer portal, it would be USC that he would go to. Wow! I was going to say because um, his final two schools. For his little brother were Alabama LSU. Uh, now I know there isn't isn't there some rule where um, Saban can block? Yeah, he would uh, just he would just have to sit out a year, which yeah. you see often, and he's young enough to still be able to do that. Um, I'm pulling up I'm pulling up the roster right now on the Alabama website to see who their quarterbacks are because from who I because if if he were to stay you have Bryce Young coming in and Bryce Young is the number one he's the five-star quarterback number one quarterback he's supposed to take over for Tua yeah so there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here. I, I think if Tua stays, Mac Jones enters the transfer portal. I think Mac Jones is easily out because he's proven he could play, and he's and I think he's gone. Then I think you see the this Tua Viola, the second one, he's gone, and then because Tua leaves after next year, and then Bryce Young just takes over. I I think a big mix up is in it. these two quarterbacks are, are looming if they enter the portal to be able to play for their future careers. If Tua leaves, if Tua stays now, you got Mac Jones staying, and then it's a battle between Tugavola and Mac Jones, and uh, and then Bryce Young could stay. I it could take over later on as as planned. I think if a lot looms in in this decision by Tua. I think with the the trend of these other players deciding to stay and not go, I think Tua is staying. What's your thoughts? I'm gonna say he's going. So he's I think declares for the NFL draft tomorrow. All right. We'll have to see. Keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Uh, moving on to the bowl game recaps. We're going to fly through them. There was a lot of games. This There was precisely 17 games this last since last episode. Big bulk. A lot of good games. I don't know how many you watched or not. I mean, I probably watched a, uh, about maybe around half of them. And then I intently watched uh, at least like five where I was like eyes peeled the whole time. Yeah. But a lot of good football. Some of these times didn't work out as some some just 
with work and whatnot. So, but we're gonna start with the Surf Pro first responders bowl West Western Kentucky Western Michigan. I had con I had Western Kentucky. You had Western Michigan. And yes. I got that one right, which for some reason I just tweeted out this the our stats, and um, I, I marked that as a correct answer for you. So we're gonna have to update these stats live on air. You got that one wrong because you picked West. So you are sitting at um, twelve and five, not thirteen and four. Updating the stats. Sorry for those who looked at on Twitter. Our nine followers on Twitter. You're updating right now. Uh, of these 17 games, I went 13 and four. You went 12 and five. Uh, Western Carolina had that game. I don't have the score in front of me, but I well, do. 320. Uh, Western Kentucky won on a last second field goal. They they were actually gifted an untimed down due to a. Uh, too many men on the field. Oh, I feel like I did see that. That end yeah. of that game. Yes, that makes sense. I feel like I did see that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I there, I highlighted these on the, the results column. Yellow is, it was six points or less was decided at the end of the game. So, I mean, a lot of great games this week. One, two, three, four, five, six games out of these 17 were decided six points or less. And some of these other scores are, are skewed where they were probably nine-point games or, or seven, eight-point games, and they were actually way closer than, than they were uh, looked at at the end of the score the scoreboard at the end of the game. So uh, we'll look at the Capital One Orange Bowl, the number nine Florida versus number 24 Virginia. We both had Florida Gators, and we both uh, sealed that one out. Any other... Props to Virginia for making that a game. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought the game would be owned by Florida, but Virginia actually made it a competitive football game and had a chance to tie at the end. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of those skewed games. You look at the scoreboard, and you're like, eh, it wasn't really that close, but it was closer than you expected. Um, one game that we both completely whiffed on was that Cal-Berkeley-Illinois game. We both picked Illinois, and boy, were we wrong on that. 35-20, to Cal-Berkeley. Yeah, I, I pick with my heart there for Lovey Smith. Same. I'll, I'll go I'll go down with that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's one of those games where Cal dominated from the beginning to the end. Yep, and we were both right about Louisville for different reasons. But uh, moving on to the next day was Tuesday, New Year's Eve. We had uh, the Alamo Bowl, Utah versus Texas. And uh, you picked Utah. I did pick Texas. And, uh, boy, was Texas came out swinging. Came to play. They didn't come to play. Do they finish the game, the, the season ranked, do you think? Uh, they did. They dismantled the number 11 team in America, so I could see them being, you know, 24-25. Yep. Uh, I mean, they, they played like they should have played all year. They showed up for this game. They didn't show up for the other ones. Yep. And then uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I picked. Uh, we both picked Navy, and we both got that one right. That was a close one, twenty to seventeen. And then uh, we both picked Kentucky. We got that one good, seven point game with Virginia Tech. The Tony the Tiger game. We both got that one. Arizona State. I I had to get that one right. Tony oh yeah, the Tony the Tiger. Then we had both got Wyoming correct too, and uh, so we we had a pretty good 
New Year's, except uh, New, uh, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, sorry. I was uh, perfect on my picks. You just had one slip up with your Utah pick. And then we moved on to uh, New Year's Day. Big, big game. Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, Outback Bowl, VRBO, Citrus Bowl. Man, were those some good games. And it's kind of deceiving when you look at the Alabama-Michigan game because that was a good game. That's probably one of the most deceiving scores, 35-16. That was a good game, especially in the first half. Alabama um, and Michigan very tight in that first half. Minnesota-Auburn game. Oh, by the way, we both had uh, we both had Alabama in that game. Uh, the that was the only game we got both got right that day. Um, uh, what did I just say? Minnesota Auburn. I had Minnesota. You had Auburn in that game. Again, a very close game, very tight game all day. That Baylor Georgia game. We both picked Georgia, but we both really wanted to see Baylor win it. Yeah. Georgia got that W in the Sugar Bowl. Then the Oregon Wisconsin game. One point game came down to the very end, and uh, I mean we both had Wisconsin though, and uh, but it was it was a close game. Yeah, for that Baylor Georgia game, uh, I felt bad for that Brewer. He got another concussion in that game and had to leave, and uh, I, I, he's had multiple concussions this year, and he's had been pulled from multiple games, and and you know when you have that many injuries to your head. And you're a young kid; it gets to the point to where um, you might have to give up the game. And yep. so that was tough watching that kid for uh, Mr. Brewer. But um, you know, hopefully all is well, and hopefully he can heal up. And he might have a tough decision to make though here in the off season. Yep, uh, prayers up for him. Moving on to January second, we both picked Cincinnati. Cincinnati number twenty one rolled over Boston College in the Birmingham Bowl. Then we had the Indiana-Tennessee game, probably one of the games of the bowl season. I did pick Indiana, you picked Tennessee, and man, was Indiana robbed, I think, on that one at the end. Uh, very, very, very close game down to the wire. Um, fun game to watch. Fun game. and Edge of my I, seat. I, we, we mentioned this uh, a couple podcasts ago. We, I mean, I was laughing at Tennessee the way they started the year, and um, for them to come full circle and finish uh, eight and five in the SEC conference, and then getting that bowl win, um, props to them for showing that ability to bounce back from some adversity. And uh, eight and five at an SEC school, trying to rebuild—that's that's a success for that program. Agreed. And then we'll move on to the this Friday. Ohio was uh, this past Friday was Ohio Nevada. And I picked Nevada. You picked Ohio because of your our boy uh, Jimmy Burrow. Right. And that was again. That, you look at the scoreboard. It's a nine point game, but that game came down came down to the last seconds. Uh, sitting in my room here watching this game with Dan, that game was Nevada had it. They had the chance multiple times, and they they came up short. But that was yep. again a very good game, deceiving by the scoreboard because it was way closer than what it looks like. And then you have uh, the Tulane Southern Miss game. This one I didn't get to watch as much, but Tulane rolled over. We both had Tulane finishing us up a thirteen and four for me on the on this past week, and you were twelve and five, bringing our total. Did I update the total? Of course I didn't. The total. If it was a, it was a Microsoft Excel product, it probably would have. Uh, yeah, but I I didn't do it that way. Um. 
I am sitting at 25 and 13, and you're si- sitting at 23 and 15. And uh, we got two more games to go, so we could end up tied. Technically, well, I mean, we, I gotta change my, I gotta change my pick, or you gotta change your pick for one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've said that we think LSU, but we haven't locked in our prediction yet. No, and we I still have, have next week to technically lock it in with our national That's championship right. preview next week. So, still another week to uh to analyze the game. Injuries can happen too. Guys can sit, so you don't make that pick until uh the day before the game. So yeah, gotta listen in for our picks next week. Yes, you have to listen in for the national championship pick. But for uh for now, we're gonna go to our bowl game preview for this week. We have tomorrow, Monday, we have the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, Louisiana, Raisin Cajuns versus. Miami of Ohio, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Who do you got and why do you got them, Tony? Well, why don't you pick first? Ooh. <laughs> no, no, I'll go. No, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You got it? I'll do it. it. I, I, do I have it? No, but uh, I want to just look at the uh, um, the game a little closer right here. The matchup predictor says uh, Louisiana. Is, is favored by 80% to win this game, according to the Football Power Index. And Louisiana is favored by two touchdowns. And uh, Louisiana is 10-3, and, and Miami of Ohio is 8-5. and five. A 7.30 p.m. game, the over-under is 54.5. And, and I'm just reading the stats for you here. And, uh... Hmm. I think I'm going to have to... I think I have to roll with the Rage and Cajuns on this one. Killing me. Killing me. Um, I, I like the Rage and Cajuns a lot. Do you? Well, well guess well, what? Well, I'm going to go Miami. You're going Miami? Go Miami. Second thoughts. I live in Ohio. I see Ohio. I see red. I'm going Miami. And uh, it's bowl season. Anything can happen. I'm That's locking right. it in. And a little fun fact, I'm not sure, I'm sure there's a family, I'm not sure it's a little brother or not, but Blaine Gabbert's uh, brother, we have to maybe go to the stats department and figure this out, Brett Gabbert is the starting quarterback for the University of Miami, Ohio. Um, he's from St. Louis, Missouri, he's a true freshman. So unique, but I'm going to go to the Raging Cajuns. Um, if, uh, I play NCAA 2014 uh, video game on Xbox 360. And I still play it today. Um, I always start my coaching career out with the Raging Cajuns. Why? Well, it's easier to jump uh, coaching trees. <laughs> they, 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 they dominate the Sun Belt. Apparently, they were a well-oiled machine in 2014. So, uh, <laughs> That's the one with RG3 on the cover, right? Uh, no, the next one. It was um, uh, Denard. Denard Robinson from Michigan. Ah. And uh, the Raging Cadence were great, and so I used them as my coaching to launch my career up. So I'm going to go with them in 2020 with the win over Miami, Ohio. Gotcha. Well, we'll see. It'll be going tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. Not Eastern Standard, just Eastern Time. We're not in Standard Time yet. Not yet. But with the gift for this game, we've done it all season. We're going to tell you what the gift is for this game. It includes the personalized noise-canceling headphones, a charging bank, 
a fossil watch, and a Herschel Supply Company backpack. And that is it on the regular bowls. I doubt we'll get any info on what the players receive for the national championship bowl game. Because they usually don't they usually do not um, divulge that information. Except if you watch on Facebook video, I am uh, subscribed to this channel. It's a Clemson football. There's a Clemson football vlog every single season. And they've been doing it for, this is the third season now, I believe they're doing it. And I used to sit there and watch it. And uh, I think this is the second season they're doing it. I watched it last year. And they have the players, uh, they bring in all to the facility, their home facility, they bring in tons of just stuff, like automatic recliners, billiards tables, TVs, like iPhones, iPads, MacBooks, and they go through and they literally just get to shop. They have a limit and each thing has a value and they just go through and just pick whatever they want. It's nice. Like, nice. So I'm going to check into the Clemson football vlog before our national championship preview show, and we will see what these players get to pick from because this is the juiciest of all. This is the juiciest of all the gifts. That's and, like the, and they get, it's their choice to get what they want. Yes, and when I say there's literally hundreds of things to choose from, it's filled up the entire Clemson facility lobby. Just loaded down hallways of just stuff. And I, I feel like the, it's over the $550 value because some of this stuff is guys just picking whatever. It's it's pretty interesting. We'll have to, if, you, if you are bored and you want to just watch, go to check it out. Uh, free promotion for you, Clemson Football. You're welcome. Even though we're not a Clemson Football podcast. So we're, uh, we're locked in for our picks and we're going to go through... Next week, I pick the national championship, but that is it on this. We're gonna. You got anything else for national landscape, Tony? No, I will say really quickly. We the uh, Mississippi State Louisville game. Uh, we both predicted Louisville to win. We did not predict for Mississippi State's coach to lose his job after. So uh, unfortunately Yikes. for him, unfortunately for him, he uh, is out of a job. I believe he had a winning record for his three years there or two years there, and. Uh, yeah, Mississippi State's looking for a new job. I uh, did. Thanks for that. I did see that on Twitter, but uh, completely ignored that um, for this show. But thanks for keeping us in tune with that information. Moving on to Temple Talk. Temple Talk, here we go. Big news, big, big, big news that broke was the American Athletic Defensive Player of the Year, our defensive end for the Temple Owls, Quincy Roche, the elite defensive end, is announced he's entering the transfer portal. He has the ability, he had the ability to go to the league, Um, But currently he has entered the transfer portal. We will read his statement right here on the show. Typing this message nearly brought me tears. I have made so many lifetime memories, connections, and friendships. The adversities that I have overcome 
overcame with Temple University's football program and its fans over the years have truly been something special. With that being said, I am proud of my teammates and the things we have accomplished in my time at Temple. I wouldn't have rather taken this journey with any other group of men. I would like to thank the coaches for molding me into the player I am today and just believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. Also, much gratitude for the faculty and staff that have supported me. Last but certainly not least, Owl Nation. It must have been hard sometimes. We all truly appreciate the love and unwavering support you guys give us. I mean, what can I say? I'm an alum for life. Hashtag Temple Made. Hashtag Temple Proud. Hashtag Temple Tough. In closing, I would like to inform you all I will be entering the transfer portal. Once again, one of the hardest decisions I have ever had to make, but after discussing it with my family, we have decided this is the best thing to do. You all will always be in my heart and on my mind as I transition to the next phase of my life. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Number nine, out. Deuces. Hashtag wild boy for life. Tough one, man. This is a tough one. Quincy Roche, single-digit guy, number nine all season. Defensive end, best defensive player in the conference. With Sean Bradley, a close second, in my opinion. Quincy Roche got his degree from Temple. He is officially a Temple alum, Temple football alum, but he's a grad transfer now. And some speculation we might uh, take is that he's entering the transfer portal. But that doesn't mean if he doesn't get to land where he wants to land or expects to land, he can just enter the draft. Yeah. Which I think he's still potentially thinking about. Why not enter the portal? Explore your options. If a national championship caliber team comes and says, hey, Quincy, come here. You have the chance to win a national championship. You can't blame the man terribly, you know? No, and, and he's got plenty of options on the table. And, um, you know, he's he's a high-caliber player. And if he gets the right position and the right team, I mean, he'll have to accept a role. He may be a starting-type um, defensive player. If he wants to play for a bigger-type program, he may have to take a, uh, a different type of role. Uh, and that's totally up to him. But um, he also has the, the draft, and he needs to maybe find out where he might get drafted. I'm sure that this, uh, information's kind of out there already, prediction-wise. But also, that can change depending on what he does in the, uh, uh, say, as a pro. I don't know. Does he get a pro day? Uh, left Temple, or? I don't think you get a pro day at Temple if you're out. No, you know? probably not. So he would have to do, you know, his own workout, or if he does declare, he'd probably be able to go to the combine and and show what he can do there. But uh, yeah, he he's currently sitting at six four, <clears throat> six foot four, two hundred thirty five pounds, and Roche, uh, Roche has drawn comparisons to Khalil Mack. That's some pretty good. That's pretty high caliber comparisons there. Yes, yes, to his his speed and his tremendous pass rushing abilities. I see this man getting picked up. Right now, uh, one of the top places people are um, speculating is Miami. Ooh. Because of the relation with Manny Diaz, formerly being a 17-day head coach for the Temple Owls, back in uh, a December 2018, there is a possibility that he could go there. He's, uh, also, he's a 2016 three-star recruit out of Maryland, so... 
maybe going to, to Maryland. But again, these are teams that did not do so great in the ACC and might be more of a lateral move as opposed to staying with Temple and getting that that star power with the NFL products that have, have come recently out of Temple. So it's a tough one. I, I wish him the best. And, uh, I mean, it, it's a tough loss to have your defensive player of the year have one year of eligibility left and, and he doesn't want to stay. Yeah. A lot of speculation going into it. As some may, may seem Fran Brown leaving could be a significant reason why Quincy Roche is going to leave. His co-defensive coordinator is no longer there, and he's out, you know? It's true. He's got a really great, great great relationship with the younger guys is what Fran Brown's uh, top ability is with recruiting and just the younger athletes is is the relationships he's able to build at such a fast and quick rate. Um Maybe he's also not happy with Rod Carey, potentially. Play, play a part in it. I mean, good. I'm, I'm mean, not sure, but it's a tough loss. Um, but we're, we're hoping to get some. I believe we – I thought I did see somewhere Temple did get somebody in the transfer portal from somewhere. Let's take a quick look. Did see it on the. Check it right here. Did thought I did see something. Uh, Temple to West Virginia. We lost a receiver. We lost a receiver, Sean Ryan, to West Virginia. We have the tight end from Pitt. We have uh, offensive lineman Darian Bryant went to Towson. Dante Burke, defensive line, is transferring out of Temple. Antonio, we got a JMU transfer. Ooh, that's a good one. 6'4", 224 um, at a high school. Uh, Colin Washington is going to uh, transfer out as a linebacker. Legerian Holder is transferring out of Temple. Harrison Hand, that's who it was. I knew I saw some big one. Uh... Cornerback out of Baylor, Harrison Hand transferring to Temple. Big, big, big get. Uh, another defense. We got also a Penn State defensive back in this transfer portal year. Uh, we lost the guy to Western Michigan, cornerback, but cornerback safety, one from Penn State, one from Baylor. Those are the big gets, uh, along with the special teams, uh, long snapper from Illinois. Uh, so that's a big get. And then a uh, kicker from – we lost our kicker to uh, – a kicker to Boston College, Aaron. Uh, not sure. I never, haven't really heard of him. But, but yes, yeah, so those are the big gets. Illinois, Penn State, Baylor, and Pitt are our big, big guys coming in from other programs. So they haven't updated this with Quincy Roche yet. Um, on on this Owls Daily 24-7 sports website. But that's it for Temple Talk. Let's move on to SEMO Talk. This SEMO Talk is going to be pretty much your FCS playoff update from Tony. Yes. Give us what you got, Tony. National Championship, uh, JMU, North Dakota State. 
They play Saturday, 11 a.m. on national TV, which is pretty cool. They get to play on national TV. Um, you know, FCS football, uh, for better or worse, may not always get that attention, especially like a team like North Dakota State. Um, but they do they do this Saturday at the championship game and uh, should be a good game. I mean, North Dakota State's got a true freshman, uh, Trey Lance. He's putting up uh, some big numbers for a freshman. He's 6'3", 221. For all our Philly listeners, you know, they North Dakota State had a QB that came out of there, Carson Wentz. He's not playing right now. He's He had a little head injury today. But uh, this kid is uh, reminds a lot of fans of what Carson Wentz did and uh, over his time at North Dakota State. So, hey, uh, time out on that Carson Wentz comment. Are you not watch? Are you watching the game right now? I just got a uh, notification about him. Is he back? Because let's uh, we'll go live update right here on Carson Wentz. We were trying to have the live stream up, but I got a notification. A couple. Yeah, heads couple to locker room. No longer in the game. Questionable to return. Ten minutes ago. Uh, Josh McCown in at quarterback. Yes. That's a rough one. It's a rough one. Breaking news. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Back to JMU, North Dakota State. You know, I I think we made our picks already. I picked JMU as an upset pick just because I wanted to see a different different hat on a different team. Uh, Crown, I should say. But... uh, I mean, North Dakota State's a great team, and they've won the past seven out of eight championships. So, um, should be a great game. It's uh, if you want to see a good football game, tune into this one. This one will give you what you're looking for. Yes, this is uh, the JMU Dukes are fourteen and one against the North Dakota State Bison, fifteen and zero at noon on Saturday, January eleventh. There is no uh, index on what this prediction is. Uh, the over-under is 51 points. The spread currently has JMU favored by two. Ooh, I didn't, that's good. That's a good one. And uh, if you look at the quarterback matchup, you look at JMU clearly throws the ball a lot more than North Dakota State. They, they, they swing it a little bit more. Yeah, they uh, their quarterback has 345 attempts on the year versus... Uh, North Dakota State's quarterback at 277 attempts on the year and about uh, 500 more yards passing for JMU's quarterback. But North Dakota State's got one more touchdown. So uh, it's they're, bit, they're both going to be slinging this ball up. North Dakota State does not have a rusher over 1,000 yards. He's about 60, sh- 60 yards shy. But JMU... Has their quarterback, uh, their running back has uh, 241 carries, uh, 1,100 yards, and 19 touchdowns on the year. And uh, JMU's uh, wide rec- top wide receiver has 11 touchdowns on the year with 1,100 yards, uh, with only 72 receptions. So this this JMU team, if you're going to the passing leader, rushing leader, and receiving leader, they are dominating all three of those categories by their leader. So North Dakota State is behind on, on those on those three. So this is a very interesting game with James. I think this is going to come down to the wire and would not be surprised if this is an overtime Definitely, game. yeah. I, I agree. And another fun statistic, and I, you know, I, I like to file this one, and this is a different sport, of course, but Golden State, the Warriors, when they – 
were on their uh, title run, they um, both those multiple years, they always had the highest amount of points you could score, and they had a top five defense. Which, when you can, if you're able to combine those two, you got a pretty damn good team. GMU and FCS football has the highest scoring offense, and they're also the number one defense in FCS. They have, they allow the least amount of points. So a little fun statistic there. GMU on paper is a really really good team and has the recipe to beat a, a, a champion. North Dakota State is a champion in the past seven out of eight years, so it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I I have not officially made my pick. I did keep saying North Dakota State, North Dakota State. Um, the only loss JMU has is to West Virginia University, and that was a seven-point game. Yes, it was. Opening week, too. Yes, first first game of the season. Um, they got some big-time teams on here that are FCS teams, some of your top FCS teams in the country that you know big-time from football, probably. Um, you got Stony... Uh, sorry, from basketball. You have Stony Brook... UT Chattanooga, Villanova, William & Mary, Towson, UNH, Richmond, Rhode Island, Monmouth, and Northern Illinois. Monmouth. I always say Monmouth. They are the guys, the the, the, tear, the bench that tears it up in the, yes. uh, their, yeah. Twitter, their Twitter. I, I'll, I'll, from New York, will always say Monmouth. No, I, I just never heard it that way, but I, I like it. <laughs> I was making sure. I was making sure. Monmouth. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I was but, just, throwing off, just throwing off a little bit. <laughs> I, I thought you were laughing at me big, saying Monmouth has a, uh, has a good basketball team. <laughs> no, they, 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 I, I don't know what year they had. They had a very good basketball team several years ago. They were left out of the NCAA tournament. That's a big big ordeal. But uh, I'm going to stick with Monmouth. I know it's wrong, but I'll never say it any other way. These tickets are over $100 at the lowest price currently. But I'm officially going to put in, lock it in, stamp it in. I'm going to go James Madison University. Love it, love it. For the uh, win. I, hope, I hope they can change it and, and maybe, not that North Dakota State being great is a bad thing, but it's always nice to have different champions. So uh, hopefully JM, JMU can pull it off. Yep. Well, you got anything else for this episode, Tony? No, that's about it. Yeah, it's a quick one. It's a good one. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Nest CFB. That's C as in college, F as in foot, and B as in bowling. Go Owls. Go Redhawks. And that's it, guys. Peace. I don't know why I had a southern accent there. That's it, boss. <laughs> 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 <laughs>